Hello, I'm Marcus Louth and welcome to the latest edition of the UFO Insight Podcast, where we examine all things UFOs and aliens, conspiracies and mysteries, and all aspects of the paranormal. Okay, today we will look at various aspects of the ancient astronaut theory, the suggestion that aliens arrived on Earth many thousands of years ago, and at the very least, heavily influenced humanity, perhaps even genetically creating human beings themselves. Indeed, it is a theory that has captivated many for decades, and will likely do so for decades more. Could human beings and many of our collective achievements, if only in part, be due to extraterrestrials visiting our planet in antiquity? Perhaps the best place to start, then, would be to go over the basics of just what the ancient astronaut theory is. According to the Earth Chronicles book series by Zachariah Sitchin, his translations tell of the apparent arrival of an alien civilization known as the Anunnaki, who came to Earth almost half a million years ago. His account was based on his own translation of cuneiform on Sumerian clay tablets discovered in the 1920s in what is now modern-day Iraq. Sitchin would claim that a race of aliens called the Anunnaki came to Earth from a roving planet named Nibiru, with an orbit that brings it into our solar system every 3,600 years. Furthermore, he would suggest that Nibiru gave a winged appearance to anyone that saw it. This, according to his translations, was due to a cloud of oxide dust which would disperse from either side of the planet's apparent equator and give him the illusion of wings. Sitchin would also liken many apparent disasters from antiquity with the cosmic interference of such a close passing of this huge planet. According to his research, the last close passing of Nibiru was 556 BC, with the next due to be around the year 2900. Of course, not everyone, in fact very few people, agree with Sitchin's claims, at least not in their entirety. We should also note that many of the fringe-upon-fringe groups that would claim to be contactees or messengers of the Anunnaki, each proclaiming one imminent arrival or another, were not recognised as credible by Sitchin. In fact, he would go out of his way, rise up until his death in 2010, to distance himself from such claims. According to Sitchin's translations, around 450,000 years ago, the hunt for gold had brought the Anunnaki to Earth although this was not in the way that we might perceive gold today in the modern world. According to Stitchin, the Anunnaki's use for gold was much more technical as opposed to a status symbol. We should perhaps consider that today gold is used in electronics and is a great conductor. In terms of space travel, it is an almost ideal material to possess and work with. Perhaps not surprising then, that a spacefaring race would seek out such a substance. The missions to Earth would land in what is now modern-day South Africa. Indeed, many Zulu tribes whose creation stories stretch back to deep antiquity speak of visitors from the stars, and what's more, they came here to Earth to mine for resources. This apparent mining mission was led by two brothers, a scientist, Henke, and a military leader who had ultimate rule, Enlil. As time went by, however, the drain of extracting the gold from the belly of the land was a constant grind on the Anunnaki, so much so that they would eventually revolt. They would demand that Enki create a worker race to take over the mining missions. After several failed attempts, Enki would create such a worker, a dapper, perhaps the basis for Adam in the biblical stories. 
Again, these encounters are mirrored in the Zulu legends of the region. They claim that the first people were a slave race created by the Anunnaki. Over the thousands of years that would follow, such was the Anunnaki's lifespan, Enlil would grow tired of humans, so much so that he planned to let them all perish in an upcoming flood. During this event, the Anunnaki would take to their spacecrafts and await the disaster to pass in orbit around the planet, at least according to Sitchin's translations. Enki, however, was not tired of humans, especially to the first Adapa, who he had taken to educating with wisdom and knowledge. It was because of this that he instructed him to construct a vessel that would allow him and his family to wait out the flood and then begin life again. This is essentially the story of Noah and the Ark from the Bible. An exact replica of the essence of this tale is also told in the Book of Enoch. In fact, it can be found in creation myths and legends from countless civilizations and societies around the world. Might it be, then, that the origins stretch back to this event? And perhaps even more bizarrely, might this event's own origins be of an extraterrestrial nature? Without a doubt, one of the researchers who contributed heavily to the wider public discussion of the ancient astronaut theory was Eric von Daniken, who, while not forming the theory solely from his own research, is largely seen as responsible for dragging such a fringe theory closer to the mainstream in his 1968 book, Chariots of the Gods. In it, von Daniken would argue that many ancient texts, legends, religious writings, and even creation myths all pointed to some kind of alien intervention with humanity at some stage in the distant past. In fact, so significant was this intervention from unknown extraterrestrials that the encounters would result in the eventual creation of many of the world's major religions, and more specifically, the gods that were worshipped because of them. Whether this was a purposeful consequence from such an intervention, if indeed such an intervention did occur, remains open to debate. It would certainly make sense, at least to some, that an alien race would purposely act as God so as to secretly rule over humanity. Some theories claim such interventions went as far as to genetically modify a primitive version of Neanderthal or some other Homo erectus type creature, and so creating the human race, Homo sapiens as we know it today. This may, for example, explain the missing link that, for all of its apparent answers, mainstream science still cannot explain. We might also ask, might it be that such a meeting between apparent races from different parts of the universe have been purely down to chance? Perhaps such a consequence was an unintentional one, the result of a primitive society that misunderstood these highly advanced but merely flesh-and-blood entities, albeit from elsewhere. A good example of this type of situation occurred in our own recent collective past during the Second World War. American troops, in anticipation of strikes against Japan, would establish bases in the South Pacific Islands, inhabited by people largely unfamiliar with modern civilization and all of the technology that comes with it. Consequently, they believed the American soldiers who had stationed themselves on their island were actually gods who had chosen to visit them. So much so, that the people would build wooden replica planes, helmets, weapons and all manner of other items they had witnessed their gods carrying and using. The reaction in ancient times, one would suspect, would have been much the same. Is this why many bizarre carvings and depictions of ancient gods and deities look so familiar to modern astronauts? Why so many of these statues appear to show these gods wearing helmets and using breathing apparatus? 
There are many other legends from antiquity that could, from a certain perspective, have an extraterrestrial connection. While I will certainly not go into detail here about the reptilian conspiracy, it would be irresponsible to not mention it at least in passing, as it forms one of the several branch-off theories of the ancient astronaut theory. For example, the Adam and Eve stories and the serpent is a tale that could, and has had, many different interpretations. Was this, for example, and in terms of the ancient astronaut theory, a twisted telling of the creation of the worker race by Enki? Might the Garden of Eden have been some kind of scientific biosphere or biodome where the first tests of human beings were carried out? Was the serpent representative of the secret knowledge given to humans against the wishes of Enlil? Incidentally, and as a way of showing how the same stories are seemingly told again and again across many different legends, we should look at the Greek legends of Prometheus giving the gift of fire or knowledge to humans as telling the same story. The fact is, this and many other stories and legends from antiquity would appear to be telling the same story but in different ways. In fact, it isn't a suggestion, it is something that leaps out at even the most novice of researchers. In short, it would appear that for the rich tapestry of accounts that makes up the human existence on our planet, they all appear to stretch back to one ultimate source. Of course, what lies behind that source is a question in itself. Furthermore, and perhaps most interesting, are the biblical verses that speak of the Watchers. And we might assume the Watchers were the Anunnaki, who were there to watch over humans as they mined for gold. However, according to the verses in the book of Genesis, it states, When human beings began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. We have spoken of this scenario before, with one of the Watchers, Shamyaza, seemingly having an uncanny resemblance to the eventual legends of the Devil or Satan, describing his particular skills revolving around magic and medicine. Is this another scenario of ancient visitations twisting into the legends from ancient times that still affect many of us today? Legends of temptation by creatures from another realm or world? Can we accept, for example, that Shamyaza, Enki and Satan are one and the same person? It would certainly appear that many of the ancient legends originate from the same single source. Where might that source have come from? And what would it ultimately say about the history and timeline of humanity? Incidentally, this course of action by the Watchers would lead to a civil war between those below and those in the heavens. As we have asked previously, might such concepts as hell below and the heavens a spacecraft in space have their roots in a conflict between an extraterrestrial race who would crossbreed with, to them, an alien race who they had helped create? There are also extremely interesting legends to examine in the ancient Sanskrit texts of the Indus Valley region. Of course, one of the most intriguing aspects of the Indus Valley civilization, at least for many in the UFO community and in terms of the ancient astronaut perspective, is the writings tell of flying aircraft. The name of the ancient aircraft used by the gods is the Vermanas, and according to many writings in the ancient Sanskrit text, they were not only used to traverse the skies of Earth, but could also venture into outer space. And according to some who have studied such writings, these vehicles were active in the Earth's skies around 12,000 to 15,000 years ago. The ancient writings describe these Vermanas as being two-storied celestial chariots with many windows that would roar off into the sky until they appeared like comets to those on the ground. 
these ships would fly to the solar and stellar regions and were powered by winged lightning. These manners were sometimes triangular or pyramid-shaped and sometimes similar to a cigar. Furthermore, the writings of the Romanus state that they were often used to fight battles from the skies, and the details they mention are intriguing to say the least. For example, there appears to have been weapons that could outright destroy enemy aircraft, suggesting that other civilizations or a breakaway of the Indus Valley civilization had also mastered aeronautics, as well as technology that could photograph enemy aircraft, like reconnaissance vehicles of the modern world. There was further the ability to make a plane invisible, which sounds like cloaking, as well as being able to render the pilots of other planes unconscious. Even more interesting, the text would go into detail about the specific clothing that should be worn by pilots of these craft, which differs to the clothing suitable for passengers, as well as strict diets for the pilots so that they remain in good health in order to fly, and we might remind ourselves that modern day pilots have to pass physicals today. Indeed, if we assume, as many do, that these writings are accurate of events that took place thousands of years ago, then the understanding of multiple sciences must have been widespread in the Indus Valley civilization. Whether it is biblical accounts such as the Adam and Eve story or the Flood, or the ancient writings of civilizations as the Sumerians, Egyptians or the Mayans, apparent accounts of interaction with flesh and blood entities from another realm are rife. Why is this? Surely not all such writings, and indeed writers, would have allowed themselves such indulgence as to force the reader to interpret every written account. Remember, many of these writings are not legends, fables or poems, open to interpretation and conveying a very definitive guarded message. These are, for the most part, seemingly factual accounts, often interspersed with everyday record-keeping accounts and receipts of transactions conducted in an age before antiquity. With that in mind then, why would such tales of fiction be mixed in with such matter-of-fact records? We should also keep in mind that the writing of these accounts was a laborious task, not to mention an expensive one should a mistake be made and the clay tablets ruined. It's hard to imagine then, that each word committed to such tablets would not be meaningful, factual and true. It would appear that it would make more sense to suggest the accounts are most likely factual and perhaps should be taken much more at face value. Further still, how can we explain why these civilizations, separated by miles, oceans and indeed time itself, speak of almost identical beginnings, with almost identical legends? The fact that these legends and myths slightly stretch back an untold amount of time into the void that is prehistory where they existed in oral form only explains how open to corruption, intentionally or not, they must have been over the eons of time before they were written down. Of course, whether it's Eric von Daniken, Zachariah Sitchin or any number of researchers and authors who have delved into or skirted around the subject of the ancient astronaut theory, what many believe to be undeniable clues of some otherworldly intervention on our planet are the many precise and accurately aligned megalithic monuments and site complexes found right across the globe. We have, for example, explored many of the spaceport-type ruins of the Mayan world, complete with their creation legends that could very well describe such alien intervention. Similarly, many of the legends of the Native American tribes of the North American continent speak of teachers who came from above and started their civilization. 
We have also explored on several occasions such connections in the legends of ancient Egypt, whose own rituals, bizarrely enough, appear to come up in the many secret activities of the so-called Illuminati, themselves with connections to apparent shape-shifting reptilians, who may or may not be the Anunnaki of ancient times. The gods who spawned the god-kings whose bloodlines, if you believe the conspiracies, still rule over humanity today. From the Nazca lines to Stonehenge, and the creation myths and legends of the Far East and the mysterious but enchanting history of China, all have connections to an unknown, technologically advanced civilization. And where might that civilization have come from? With this in mind, perhaps it is worth contemplating whether these ancient aliens were not extraterrestrial at all, but a very terrestrial civilization that called the Earth home long before we did. Perhaps they themselves were even human, although advanced. Perhaps they survived the floods and other disasters that are told of in the many creation myths around the world. Might it be possible that these survivors of the world before the deluge, with their technology, intellect and acquired wisdom, were seen as gods to the pocket of survivors that were likely strewn around the world and cut off from each other? As we have examined on several occasions, these same creation legends and myths all speak of the same white-cloaked beings with beards who came from across the waters or from above and taught mankind the need for social order, family, cultivation and agriculture, and forbid such actions as murder, rape and cannibalism. And what's more, this took place in ancient worlds across the planet, from the beginnings and creation myths of ancient Egypt to the Americas and to the Far East. These are all things we have examined separately in previous articles and podcasts. However, in relation to the ancient astronaut theory, all such theories are essentially transferable to the ancient civilization theories. Essentially, there would appear to be a growing amount of evidence that suggests the history of humans, or certainly civilizations on Earth, goes back much further than we might think. And what's more, these civilizations might be numerous. Furthermore, thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of years may separate such civilizations. After all, there are seemingly advanced items discovered in archaeological sites that date back, in some cases, millions of years. Perhaps our understanding of history, or lack thereof, will be important to our collective futures. Whatever the truth of the Anunnaki, whether they are indeed real or whether they are shape-shifting reptilian entities or something more similar to how we look today, might such notions as the ancient astronaut theory begin to explain the parts of evolution that have so far eluded us, perhaps especially so, the missing link. For example, in terms of human beings, they essentially appeared out of nowhere with dramatically increased brain power, almost as if they were a product of intelligent design. As has been asked before, the only way to begin to account for such a leap is to bring God into the equation, which generally speaking goes against most scientific thinking. Unless, that is, we ask who God, or more to the point, the God, might have actually been. Might this also explain why seemingly no other living entity on the planet has experienced such a sudden and seemingly random rate of development? as well as explaining why humans, rightly or wrongly, are so dramatically different to most living things on Earth, not so much genetically, but in brain function and our ability to collect, organise and quite literally build the world in which we live. As silly as it might sound to some, the fact is we do not see dogs or horses or dolphins or anything else building huge structures, organising society, not to mention the advancements that swept humanity in the second half of the 20th century. 
we would think at least one other living entity would have developed similar skills to ourselves. However, the fact is, not one has even come close. Why is this? What makes humans so special? Again, creationism aside, only a technologically advanced intervention in the distant past can begin to explain. There is little doubt that the ancient astronaut theory divides opinion in UFO circles and is almost universally dismissed outside of it. It is hard, although not impossible, to see how absolute proof will ever be obtained, barring, that is, a discovery of the likes of the Hall of Records. However, at the same time, it is equally difficult to see how anyone could completely dispel such a notion entirely. Perhaps author Graham Hancock sums it up best when he states that the fingerprints of an unknown and advanced civilization are seemingly all over the ancient world right around the planet. Whether these fingerprints have a decidedly human look to them or an extraterrestrial one is open to debate. That the fingerprints are there though, surely isn't. Many researchers continue to point out the inconsistencies with our history, as well as how those inconsistencies impact on our understanding of the modern world in which we all live today. Only serious and open-minded study of the deep past, utilising the many off-limits ancient writings and manuscripts, as well as thorough studies of such ancient sites as the Sphinx and Pyramid Complex at Giza, will begin to bring us within reach of the intelligence behind those fingerprints. That intelligence, and the message those fingerprints were moulding in an effort to reach out to us across unknown ages through the many astronomically precise megalithic structures around the planet, might prove to be of utmost importance. Perhaps even leaving us capable of breaking the cycle that would appear to have played repeatedly since before antiquity, leaving gaping holes in our collective understanding in its wake. Are we closer to such an understanding than previous civilizations might have been, or might we be in exactly the same precarious place? A chilling but necessary thought. For now though, I will simply thank you for joining me once again, and be sure to leave any thoughts in the comments, as well as checking out the links for further reading on some of the theories we have been discussing here today. As always, remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us on social media to keep up to date on future podcasts, articles and videos. And if there is anything you want us to discuss in future podcasts, then simply get in touch at marcus at ufoinsight.com. Until next time, goodbye and take care.